رقم فارس على انه ينعمل مشروع يضم كل هاي الارشيف والارشيف اللي قد بين بعدين يعني بمكان واحد ويكون في اتاحة للوصول لهاي المعلومات او هاي المواد من قبل الباحثين التربويين الفنانين حتى ينتجوا منا معرفة ترجع للمخيم يعني لانه الناس احيانا عندهم هذا الكم او الارث من المعرفه ولكن البعض ما ما بيتداولوا لا بيحكوا لاطفالهم او على سبيل المثال في وقت يمكن او ما بيرجعوا بالشكل التربوي والشكل العلمي ليستفيد منه يا الباحث او الاطفال في المخيمات فكان هذا بشكل سريع ملخص عن كيف بدت فكره المشروع تحديات طبعا بدي احكي انا كلمتين صغير يعني التحديات على مستوى اول شيء التمويل للاسف هاي المشاريع مش اولويه زي ما كنا عم نحكي قبل شوي مش اولويه للممولين يعني الجلسه اللي قبل كانوا عم بيحكوا مثلا بيهتموا بالاطفال بيهتموا بالشباب بالفقر بالكذا هاي المشاريع لم تكن اولويه للمانحين او للممولين وكذلك للمؤسسات الفلسطينية حتى نكون صريحين لأنه إحنا طرقنا أبواب مؤسسات فلسطينية كان في صعوبة أخذنا من البعض كان في صعوبة لأنه تمويل هاي المشاريع مش أولوية لأنه الأغلب الشغل بيكون على الأشياء الإغاثية والأشياء اللي علاقة زي ما قلنا بالتعليم أو علاقة بالأطفال بشكل خاص خصوصي بالمخيمات التحدي الثاني اللي هو على مستوى المخيم خلينا نقول ما كانش سهل انه الناس يتفاعلوا ويقبلوا يحكوا لانه الناس دائما بتسال لشو لوين هاي بدها تروح الماده وليش اليوم مش قبل كل هاي الاسئله كانت احيانا تعيق العمل او تعمل ارباك لانه بعض الاشخاص بتخوفوا زي ما قلنا امبارح من الكاميرا او من الورقه والقلم يعني ممكن يحكي لك قد ما بده بس لما يشوفك عم تكتب او يشوفك عم بتسجل بينقذ يعني بخاف واخيرا يعني بدي احكي على القدرات انا برايي المشروع هذا اللي انجمع اهميته انه كان في ناس من قلب المخيمات عم تشتغل فيه يعني هن ناس من المجتمع عندهم المدخل او خلينا نقول المرونه بالحركه بالمخيم بدون اذن بدون تصريح معروفين للناس بيقدروا ياخذوا المعلومه باللغه العربيه باللهجه المحليه بيعرفوا الناس بيعرفوا بعضهم فكان في يعني غنى وزخم بالماده اللي عم تنجمع لأن انجمعت بهاي الشكل و... و... وبعدين عم بدي احكي على قصه ال... اليوم ال... الاشياء اللي موجوده انه هذا ال... ال... الارشيف اليوم راح ينحط بمكان مثل الجامعه الامريكيه عم ينعمل بمواصفات كثير يعني متقدمه تكنولوجيا عمل له ديجيتايزنج واندكسنج كتالوجينج هلا لو انه الصبايا هون كانوا بيحكوا اكثر عن الجانب الفني والتقني وهذا راح يكون انا برايي يسهل كثير على الباحثين بعد كم سنه لما الجيل النكبه يعني للاسف عم يتلاشى 
رح يكون هذا مصدر كثير غني يوفر للباحثين سواء عبر الانترنت رح يكون في شيء على الويب سايت او عبر زياره المكتبه للحصول على او على الدخول لهذا الارشيف والبحث هذا اكثر شيء بقدر احكيه بالتحضير اذا في اي سؤال او شيء هلا انا هيك اكيد بتكفي وبتوفي بس قبل ما قبل ما احكي عن
وهو كانت فكرته اساسا لسالي يعني طرحها علي اني ليش ما بتعمل تعاون مشترك والارشيف بيصير ارشيف مفتوح وموجود بالجامعه الامريكيه باعتصام فارس وعندكم فيعني هذه المرحله الثانيه شكرا بس باختصار من وجهه نظر الجامعه هلا صار عندنا شيء تقريبا 1000 ساعه لتسجيلات لتسجيلات ارشيف النكبه ومركز شرق مع جيل فلسطين او جيل النكبه ونحن المجلس الاستشاري عباره عن اللي كمان بتضمن وزن الفايق عباره عن مجموعه اكاديميين وتقنيين من مكتبه ومن عصام فارس Digital work. عم نتحاور على كيفية نعمل نعمل مثل نحفظ هالأرشيف بشكل إنه بالمستقبل نقدر نفتحه للباحثين، نقدر نفتحه لطلاب المدارس، فبس باختصار عم بتطلع هون على النوتس من الويب سايت تبع الأرشيف هلا ال في عدة مراحل للمشروع أول مرحلة هي الديجيتايزيشن والستورج سو إنه نحول كل كل المادة نسويها مادة إلكترونية ونحفظها وفي نقاش الحول إنه هل رح نحفظها بس بالجامعة الأمريكية أم هل رح نسوي باك أب لأنه ضروري يعني إنه يكون في طبعا هذا شيء كثير مكلف زي ما قال محمود فعم عم عم بلشنا نحاور بهذا الشيء ثاني شيء هو الاندكس والكاتالوجينج عشان يصير عندنا ديتابيس سيرشبل ديتابيس يوزر فريندلي سو الفكره انه مثلا شو الكلمات اللي رح نستخدمها المفاتيح اللي رح نعطيها للي بده يجي يستعمل ارشيف النكبه بالمستقبل لانه هاي هاي الامور كثير مهمه هي هي اللي رح تسمح للباحث او للطالب او للناشط انه يدخل في الارشيف فيعني مش انه هي مساله مجرده سياسيا او مجرده يعني انه هاي الكلمات اللي عم نستخدمها هي كمان عباره عن كيف عم بنأسس التاريخ الفلسطيني الى حد ما، هل نحكي عن الصراع العربي الصهيوني ام عم نحكي عن النكبه الفلسطينيه؟ شو بدنا نتوصل له؟ شو بدنا نعلم؟ شو كيف بدنا ندخل الناس على ارشيف النكبه؟ يعني هذه بس فيري سمبل اكزامبلز، ثالث شيء اوكي سيرشبل ديتابيس حكيت عنه ميرورينج واخر شيء اخر شيء اللي هو رح يكون اصعب شيء انه لما نخلص الاندكس والكاتالوجينج انه كيف رح نفتح الارشيف يعني هلا المعتز ومحمود طبعا اي ثينك انه انتم اللي قمتوا في المقابلات بدكم تفتحوا لل للكل طبعا هي الفكره آه بس عم عن يعني عم بيصير حوار على انه هل هل هذا هل هذا الطريق اللي بدنا المسار يعني بدنا ناخذه آه لانه ممكن يعني شو هي الادفانتجز والديسادفانتجز لمين بده يجي هل رح يكون على الانترنت هل رح يكون بس بالجامعه فهذا يعني هذا حوار ونقاش واحنا عم نقوم عم نقوم فيه يعني ومن ناحيه تمويل بس بدي اقول شيء انه الشكر طبعا لهنا سليمان وكوكب شبارو اللي مش هون بس اجانا تمويل كثير كبير من شي فتره 
وهذا رح يسمح للارشيف انه انه يستمر لمشروع الارشف الارشف يستمر والفكره كمان على المدى البعيد انه هلا هذه المواد اللي عندنا عن لبنان بالخاص وعن اللي يعني اللي شافوا النكبه اللي عايشين بلبنان وعلى 82 في عن عين الحلوه لانه هذا جاب عن طريق جنا بس الفكره كمان انه نحاول نتعاون مع مجموعات اخرى مثلا مجموعات في سوريا اللي قامت في هاي المقابلات فعشان نكبر الارشيف ما نجيب تجارب فلسطينيه اخرى في فيلم صغير عملوه فينا نفرجيه عباره عن خمس دقائق اذا اف يو فيل اتس نيسيساري اند اف اتس نوت نيسيساري ذن اتس فاين يعني عرحتك اوكي واللي بده يعني يعرف كمان لانه اتس فيري يعني انه مشروع عن مشروع فيه على الاي يو بي ويب سايت اسمه البالستينيان اورال هيستوري اركايف وفي كل المعلومات واسامي الناس المشتركه اللي مش مشاركين شكرا have a lot of photos, so <laughs> I'm going to be distracting you with them. Um, so, good afternoon. I wanted, first of all, to thank the Institute of Palestine Studies, Perla and Mona, for inviting me to this fascinating workshop, and it's an honor to share the panel with the rest of our colleagues. My presentation will approach the subject of studying and engaging with Palestinian refugee camp communities from what is principally a story of friendship and how this led me in the last two years to work on Borja Shamali's local community's idea of creating a green space in the camp. The presentation will focus on the community-based initiative to produce aerial imagery of the camp and present some of the challenges and limitations we face, uh, as well as ethical issues involved, especially as mapping refugee camps is politically sensitive and refugee populations are often uneasy about the security implications and the uses to which ma the maps may be put. We have discussed these days on the ethics of researching Palestinian refugee camps and in a way yesterday even wondered about how the communities in these camps could become producers and not just objects of knowledge. 
I will make the case in my presentation that citizen science tools could be an interesting method to explore and use in future research. Two important things to note from the, st from the start. This project is currently ongoing, which means I will not be able to elaborate fully on the uses made of the map, the effects it had on the community, and whether the map has been an effective tool. Someday I will, but and we're carefully documenting the process, but not yet today. Secondly, for transparency issues, I also wish to explain that I'm not a researcher per se. Normally, I work with the UN on food security and agricultural issues, and my involvement with British and Mali to date has been voluntary and self-funded. The experience I will be presenting here has led me, however, to write about it. So, let me begin from the beginning. The story really begins in 1998, but it was with a postcard that I received in 2001 that it came back to life. It was from Abu Wasim, the head of Beitar Pol Samud in Burda Shamali refugee camp, where I had lived during the summer of 1998 teaching English and computers as a volunteer. When I arrived, I learned that the center had been given 14 computers and nobody really knew how to use them. So while my original task was just to teach English, Abu Wasim asked me if I was out for the challenge of teaching the basics of computers in English to two, two groups of teenagers and to a group of teachers, doctors and administrators of the center. In this postcard, I was reminded of the experience and requested to get back in touch through email. They were keen to hear what I thought of their new webpage and reminded me that the camp is always hungry for new ideas. Abu Wasim urged me to come back and in 2002 I did. At the time, I had a passion for photography and Abu Wasim, with, um, with Abu Wasim we organized a photography course in which kids learned the basic concepts of photography, then constructed a cardboard pinhole camera developed images taken with their cameras in a bathroom, we had transformed into a dark room and finally took photos of the camp. With the excuse of the photography project, I rekindled my ties with the camp. And for years to come, every two to three years, I was able to visit the camp to visit friends and of course Abu Wasim. I attended his son's wedding, I brought my fiancé to meet him before my wedding, Abu Wasim traveled to Spain and met my parents. It's been like a long, long relationship. Abu Asim runs a vocational center at Buda Shamali and is an independent and influential member of the popular committee at the camp. His big dream with others in the camp is to create a green public space in Buda Shamali and he has been talking about this for years as the first step in rethinking the status of the camp. The population of the camp originally from an agricultural environment in Haula and Tiberias has increasingly grown detached from the land. The little remaining connection they have comes via the occasional work of day laborers in the last fields around. Limited investment has been made to improve the conditions in the camp, at hand hardly any plants, whether for food or pleasure, are grown there. In a metaphorical sense, in other words, nobody wants to grow any roots in the camp. But this political and spatial practice of the right to return in Burda Shamali is actually undermining the common identity it claims to protect, for it sacrifices the refugees' common agricultural heritage and one that is commonly depicted around the camp in paintings of traditional harvest. In addition, diets are worsening and there's a new sort of new waves of refugees coming in from Syria. So in 2015, with Abu Wasim and I set ourselves to work on this issue together with Al Hula Association, one of the local NGOs working in the camp and the base of the local camp committee that is working to improve conditions in the camp. Our aim was to work on two projects, to launch an urban agricultural pilot project and to create a green space in the camp. To start planning the urban agricultural pilot project and the green space, we needed a map. We needed to be able to visualize what spaces we could use, 
and where we could get water. We needed to understand the stormwater situation in the camp and so forth. I was surprised to discover that this was the only map available in the camp. This, as you all know, is a camp that has been in existence for over 60 years. I was even more surprised to discover, as I investigated further, that there are actually maps of the camp, but they are not online and they are not shared with the camp community. I will come back to this point later. So, for the purpose of the project and our research, the only map we had available was this one, which shows the two main roads but little else. In addition, because the camp is a small and extremely dense space, current aerial images from Google, for instance, are not of high enough resolution to distinguish the narrow streets and buildings. So working with Alhula, we decided to make an aerial photography map of the camp. This would help us in two distinct ways. The map would help visualize the situation in the camp and will be used in focus group discussions to consider the potential of urban agriculture in the camp from a spatial point of view helping to identify locations that inhabitants thought would be good for growing plants and allow for discussions on alternative uses of the limited space available. And as a community-produced map, we hoped it would also have the potential to serve later as an advocacy tool for the camp alongside the results of the Urban Agriculture Pilot Project. Soon afterwards, new functions for the map were added by the local camp committee. Buddha Shamali is currently going through quite a particular and inspiring political moment one that reflects several factors uh, around the storm negotiations, increasingly remote prospect of a negotiated agreement on the situation of the refugees, the defunding of UNRWA, and finally local frustration with the wrangling of Fatah and Hamas, which has led to political paralysis within the popular committee in the camp. The new camp committee with whom I'm working instead has no political affiliation and has involved numerous people around the camp to work collectively to improve aspects of daily life outside of politics. Their main concern at the moment is the situation with electricity supply. And so they expressed interest in having a map that would also help them to organize the camp into different neighborhoods, to help visualize priorities for each area, and to assist in efforts to maintain the camp infrastructure and to understand better how the camp has been built and to prepare for disasters. As discussions within the community went on, Expectations for the map were gradually increasing. My concern was that I'm not a trained geographer or mapper. So with the support of Public Labs Network, I taught myself how to make aerial photos. And in turn, I taught and facilitated a group of youth from the camp who actually did the mapping. Public Lab is an open network of community organizers, educators, technologists, and researchers founded in 2010 as an open source grassroots data gathering and research initiative. Their aim is to democratize inexpensive and accessible do-it-yourself te techniques. Balloon mapping is one of their tools. It's a low-cost and simple technique to produce high-resolution aerial images of an area. It's basically a do-it-yourself satellite imagery. Um, and here we have a bit of a drawing explaining the tool. The required equipment is very basic. At Burin Shamali, we spent $450. The costs to date have either been self-funded or paid by a whole association on behalf of the community. The process is also very simple, and it basically involves attaching an inexpensive digital camera to a balloon or a kite, which is left to fly at altitudes of up to 200 meters. And I'm happy later to explain it in person or, and go further into it. At Burdin Shamali, our main challenge was the physical aspects of the camp. 
In an ideal setting, there are no obstacles and one can cover large areas just by walking around with a balloon. But as you all know, in refugee camps, the streets are narrow, the maze of cables above all the streets and around the building made it difficult to maneuver. So to overcome the problems, in total, we had to map from 12 different positions within the camp to cover the whole area. Once you have the images, Public Lab has created a simple-to-use open-source map-and-internet program to stitch the images together. It uses a default Google Maps view on which the new high-quality images are then superimposed. One that is done, the program then produces a big sort of image file. Uh, in this image, you can actually see the difference in quality between what Google uh, has of the Project Shamali and the images that we have. At this point in Borja Shamali, we have a completed st stitch aerial photo of the camp, but a photo